Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, episode 17. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In this week's episode, breaking up with golf is hard to do. Congratulations to Lucas Glover breaking a 10-year winless streak at the rain-soaked John Deere Classic over the weekend. We'll touch on some GAM events happening in the state of Michigan, including the 43rd Michigan Girls Junior Amateur at Forest Acres East, and of course, full preview and picks for the Open Championship at Royal St. George's in Sandwich, England. Let's go. We need to start this podcast. I should have dug it up, but I need the Andrew Luck audio. Have you ever seen that? Make the rounds on... Twitter or whatever, like club pro guy or whatever, do you follow him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's done this where he's tweeted out the Andrew Luck video of his retirement speech just to refer to him just as his own retirement speech from golf. <laughs> we, it's just like he's just like so exasperated. He's like, the game's just not fun for me anymore. Which <laughs> is exactly how I felt. Last Friday, when I wanted to just dig a hole in the middle of the fairway, crawl into it, have somebody cover it up, and just leave me there. This certainly isn't how I uh, envision this or plan this, uh, but but I am going to retire. Uh, this is not an easy decision. Uh, honestly, it's the hardest decision of my life, uh, but it is the right decision for me. Uh, I'm starting to think that you actually, you texted me this morning and said, do you still want to do the episode? As in like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure like, you mentioned that this past week that you're quitting golf. I think you just wanted to like quit even having to think about golf. I don't think you wanted, I don't think you wanted to talk about this at all, but here, but here we are. Clean break from how, golf. Yeah. How did, uh, you, you played in a member guest this, uh, this past weekend down in Chicago. Between the member guest <laughs> And the freaking deer, the giant deer, <laughs> I, about, I about made a clean break from golf for good. Yes, I played in the Independence Day member guest scramble at Aurora Country Club. My thanks and my apologies to my partner. I was the worst golfer and quite possibly the worst company. I was the absolute worst version of myself. For 27 holes of a scramble format, three separate nine-hole matches. Uh, yeah, I was. I texted. I texted my brother while I was out there because he is my partner for the upcoming <laughs> member guest up here in Northern Michigan. And I said to him, "You know, it might be in your best interest to <laughs> start <laughs> seeking." another playing partner because I'm a 2.6 and I can't break 85. It's not going to, it's not going to win you many golf tournaments is what it's not going to certainly not. I mean, it's not, it's not conducive for low scores, uh, especially when they're net events. No. So what, so what, what needs to, I've never met somebody. I've never met somebody that has a worse attitude about golf than you do. I thought I had a bad attitude about golf. 
I sit here and I, I kind of sulk a little bit about my putting, but I'm listening to you. I go, God, I don't sound too bad after all. What 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 are the next steps you're going to take to play? You're going to be forced forced had, to go to the golf course and at, at the longest point, eight days. I'm hoping you maybe should probably go. You probably should go practice before those eight days. But like, what's going to happen? What needs to change? So you so you are at least just not miserable out there. I have to make a commitment. I have to go in one direction or the other here. I had a conversation with myself. It's a long drive back to the city from the fine establishment that is Aurora Country Club. It's a Tom Bendelow design. It's a sweet course. Like I love playing there. It reminds me kind of a Petoskey Bayview. Bendelow is not like dissimilar from Donald Ross. It's right on the train tracks. As watching that stupid special on live from on the golf channel last night when they're showing the train through England and all the courses by the train. And I'm like, that's just like Chicago. Yep. That's how many of the courses are built. And on top of all that, Hunter, I, we were the defending champions well, that's, in the shootout. That is so what I, I heard. Everything was pointed in the direction of me playing well, and I could not have performed worse. So, yes. I hate golf. I quit golf. Lucas Glover, are you kidding me? I can't. I've just gone cold as ice on the gambling side. Brutal. I cashed one ticket last week. Hank Leviota to top 20. And thank God he played so well on Sunday because that damn near didn't hit. Kyle Stanley finished tied for 41st because of course he did. I mean, I was just ready to, like I said, well, Tad, dig a hole. Tad mentioned uh, on Friday or Thursday that you were you were playing in this member guest and that you guys were the defending champions. And I thought I thought you were higher than two point six. You need to start posting more scores. If I, you're, if I you're two point six, you should look at. You can log into my CDGA. I'll show you because I think there's a glitch. <laughs> I think there has to be. It makes no sense. <laughs> I suck. Anybody that's played with me in the last ten years knows I'm not a two point six. I may never have been a two point six. Well, I stink. Out loud. I am awful. I can't keep it on the property. I hit it into the road twice. Almost hit one into the... I think it may have gone in the train. We never found it. I thought it hit the trees and came down, but that may have gone in the train tracks. And I almost killed some poor kid riding home after his shift at the country club on like a moped because I hit it into the driveway. Those mopeds are not safe. That's a discussion for a different day. All right, so I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and take make some assumptions that Aurora Country Club is not exactly like a bomber's paradise golf course. Why didn't you just start hitting iron off the tee or like something? It seems like you just get to the point in the golf game where you're just like this is I'm so sick of this and you just and you just start throwing up on yourself when you could find like alternative options. The only re- it's a scramble. Okay, that, I forgot. The only reason I'm there is for my length, which what? is hilarious to say out loud, but the guy that I'm playing with is a much older guy. You know, he hits it really steady, shorter. He's a good friend of mine, but he's in his early 60s. So you're out there really just for your driver. Yeah, he's like, okay, here's a par five. Hit it good, you know? And I'm like, I'm going to try. You know, it's just tough, you know, and you're playing one of those formats. You don't want to play bad. You know, you just just feel brutal. You're, like, apologizing, and it's just like I got going south and, like, couldn't write the ship and 
<laughs> There's nothing worse than having to like look at your partner just say, <laughs> like I had to do a couple of Thomas times last night with Normie and I just go, I just start laughing. I just go, I'm sorry. I don't know what that, I don't, I don't know what that, what was a member guest where it was just 27 holes, a straight scramble, three, nine hole matches, it's like eight flights, all scramble. It's just like a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more just like a fun time. It's me- it's meant to be like a warm up to the their their official member guest is later in the summer, which I'm not invited to, and which well, did you have a fun time? I don't expect to be getting an an invite. It's like when my father in law said to me the last time we played together, he said, "I said thanks again for taking us out. I love Birchwood. It's always a great time." And uh, he said, "Yeah, it was fun." And I said, "Well, as fun as golf can be." So, no, I didn't. Fun is never really the word that comes foremost to mind when I think of golf, but it was a, I am obsessed with it, and I tried to quit. I tried to quit. I can't quit. It's like so. I'm, I'm a sick, sick individual, basically. This is episode 17. So I remember, so, so we've been doing this for about four months now, roughly. I remember right before we started this, Peter was like very... He seems like it seemed like this was this was your year, this your summer of golf. Like you were you were very excited for the summer of golf. You're you're gonna play some golf. That you're is gonna, evaporated. Yeah, how quickly times have changed. Just how quickly. Peace out on that. Now I hate the game again. We have a complicated relationship, and I I absolutely. So so what are you gonna do? But I'm you, I've committed back to the. You asked me. So what are you gonna do? Yes. The answer was I had a long drive home from the golf course, had a lot of windshield time, a lot of time with myself, a lot of self talk going on there, most of it negative, and then eventually about five minutes from the house, I turned a corner and said to myself, "You cannot go on like this." It was a crisis of faith, and I made a decision and a promise to myself in that moment that I had two options, one of which was the clean break. Quit the game, give Hunter your clubs, take all the golf stuff out of your house, never watch golf on TV again, really... Stop, stop, the like po- stop the podcast. We have to stop the podcast. Sig- yeah, stop the podcast. <laughs> just feels like maybe that's a little bit biting off more than maybe I could chew. That's a little too big of a lifestyle change. The alternative, which I landed on, is that I have to get better. I, I have to just commit to practicing. I have to figure out, I have to find time in my schedule. It's really hard with a young kid, but like, I, if I'm going to play like that every time, and I know this probably this sounds totally ridiculous, and I sound like such an ass, but if I'm going to play like that, golf will never be fun for me. I have to play reasonably well because I know that I have that golf in me. Yeah. And I just, like, if it's in me and I can't get it out, that's not, that's not fun. It'd be one thing if I was never very good. Yeah. But I used to be okay, you know, pretty good. But I was... So you, my you, long game is never been that good, but I have a great short game. So I would like to be able to, you know, like I, you know, I've said to some people the past couple of weeks, I need to be able to shoot something that starts with a seven to have any kind of fun. And yeah. I literally can't produce that kind of golf right now with my, the way that my swing has deteriorated and the lack of practice time and some of the bad habits that I've built up over the years playing less and less golf and practicing. 
you know, even less than that. So are you thinking, uh, are you thinking just really, really simple golf for member guests next weekend? Just, just fairways, four iron off the tee, five iron off the tee, seven iron off the tee? See, Some, something get, to just get you in the fairway? My misses don't get smaller based on the shorter club. You don't, I don't think you're quite like, the, I, we need you to, need to go watch I, me play nine holes and you might get a better idea of what I'm talking about. I've got a two-way miss going right now that I'm so shallow and stuff. I don't want to get too technical, but my member guest strategy right now is to get better before the tournament starts. <laughs> I, I can't work with what I have right now. It'll never, I'm going to have to, if I do, I'm just going to pick it up and put it down. Like you said, I'm going to basically half swing every club in my bag. Yeah. Because I can't make any kind of athletic pass at it right now and not have it go. I'm hitting it as high as ever. I can still flush it. Like, it's not like I'm skanking everything or whatever. It just never goes straight because I'm really, really stuck. It is hoodie and left or it is way, way up in the air and just and just sort of fluttering up there soft and right. Is it, are they, now we are getting technical, are they pushes and pulls or are they slices and hooks? No, the left miss is a hook because I'm really, really stuck. Okay. And it's late and it, or not late, it's early in the case of the hook. When I get lazy, you know, you've seen that move. Oh, yeah. You've no, seen me make I've that seen move. It. It's like the Brian Harmon move, except really bad, not really good. Or well, I'm just way back on my back foot, so. We are all, we are all, I think everyone, everyone at home is, is hoping and, and praying that, that Peter finds something, finds something. Because I think we're, I think, I think all of us are tired of the problems and we're looking for solutions now. We're looking for some solutions. I think I I, I I disagree. I think people out there probably really enjoy my misery. <laughs> it's nice to know that golf drives other people nuts too. And if you if you are out there and you're grinding away and you think what a stupid game, you're not alone. You know, you're certainly not alone. I have one final question on Aurora Country Club. Uh, this was on a third Friday, Saturday, or just a Friday? One day. Friday. Mm-hmm. Leading up to Friday, we'll say Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. How many range balls or practice swings did you, you know make me. on Tuesday, Wednesday, Zero. or Thursday? Zero. Zero. Okay. And on Friday morning, how many range balls did you hit prior to going to the first Range tee? was pretty busy. How many balls did you hit prior to going to the first tee? <laughs> I hit at least 20 balls. Okay. That's actually, that's about 20 more than I was expecting yeah, you to I say. Yeah, I should have been able to find something in that amount of time. <laughs> but you know what? It was so bad on the range that I was like, okay, block that out. <laughs> Lock that out. Try to go to the first that. tee, pick a tree, and see if you can hit it at it. Well, that actually, that's that is a discussion for Which that is a discussion I, for different. Day. And I did the first nine. I played fine. Did you? Yeah. And then we got two thirty <laughs> foot bombs enough. made on us on the last two holes to end up having our match. I never hit another good shot. Not one. <laughs> for the so remaining, I, I can never, I can never go to the range with actually with a. Maybe it's just. No offense to Bayview's range. Maybe it's just Bayview's range. I can never go up there with a... I'm really just going up there to loosen up. I mean, I think the, the ground is so shitty and the balls aren't great. That we're just like, you it can't say that. Again. <laughs> I wish that would change the range. Wow. Wow. Well, all you have to do is make a big donation, Hunter. That's true. That's very so, true. So, uh, get going on that. Yeah. Uh, we'll get right on that. Okay, what do you want to talk about? Because nobody wants to talk about me being bad at golf. No, let's talk about some. Uh, let's talk about some junior players. We've in already Michigan done that 15 are, minutes. That are that are uh, 
good. Actually, very good players. Yeah. So we had the the forty third uh, Michigan girls junior amateur at Forest Acres East uh, this past week. I mentioned. Uh, Ansi Dye, who is going to play at the University of Indianapolis, who is a graduate of Traverse City West, she bowed out in the round of 16 to, to a, the eventual finalist, one of the finalists, Kate Brody. The winner of the uh, 43rd Michigan Girls Junior Amateur is Lord. Lauren Timpf, she's only 14 years old. So, wow. So she is playing up uh, up a division. So right, I'm not sure how, how familiar our listeners are, but uh, in these amateur events, they have a 15 and under division. Yeah. And then they have a six, 16, to, 16 18. to 18 division. Uh, Lauren decided after she won five straight GAM championships last summer that it was her time to go play uh, with the older girls, and she, she beat them handily as well so she is a way to go lauren that's yeah. a, oh what an amazing oh, incredible uh, accomplishment to be 14 and and win that tournament yeah she was just uh she finished solo third at the d3 state finals just one stroke out of a playoff as a freshman uh last fall so i ex- so uh keep an eye out for lauren i think she's gonna do great things moving forward i'm very impressed uh continuing on with the with the amateur uh we have the U.S. Junior Girls Amateur this week, followed by the uh, U.S. Boys Amateur next week. Uh, there are no Michigan players playing at Columbia Country Club over in Maryland. Started two days ago, running through the 17th. Uh, I, I think it's important to mention this because there aren't, <clears throat> obviously the PGA Tours has a ton of TV coverage. Uh, you were able to watch the U.S. Junior Girls Amateur on Peacock from 3 to 5 on Friday and then uh, one to three on Saturday on the Golf Channel. If you want to watch uh, watch the semifinals and the finals of the U.S. Junior Girls Amateur, and like I have mentioned, PJ PJ Maybank is playing in the U.S. Uh, junior Boys Amateur next week down in uh, North Carolina. So I will keep you up to date <clears throat> on that when it happens. I think it starts. I want to say it starts next Tuesday. Busy week for busy week and a half for PJ. Uh, if he plays well in the U.S. Boys uh, Junior Amateur, it, it goes up until Saturday. He turns around and drives, flies back for the Michigan Amateur, Michigan Junior Amateur. Yes, Michigan. Yes, uh, Michigan Junior Amateur at Dearborn, which he is defending on Monday. So he's got about one day to turn around if he plays well uh, next week at the the U.S. Boys Junior Amateur. And that's at Dearborn Country Club? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. And the LPGA is back in Michigan, right? They are. Yeah. So only And the, this is a team event. This is the only the only team event that the LPGA tour has and there's unfortunately there's not a ton of uh data involved with this tournament because it is only the the second year it has played they started in 2019 uh last year was uh canceled due to the pandemic but in 2019 the winners were uh sydney clanton and jasmine swanapura and this is the one that's at midland country club at midland country club so if you guys are like anywhere in michigan i couldn't I could not recommend more going to Midland Country Club. You've been there. I have. Tell us Midland a little Co- bit about it. Uh, the 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 clubhouse is absolutely gorgeous. the uh, The aesthetics of the of the place are like, second to none. I mean, they they put 
millions and millions of dollars into it within the last decade, probably. Mm-hmm. I it has say, a, a recent remodel. Yeah, I would say it's had and been in the last flooded. five, ten years. Yeah. When we had all that bad flooding in mid-Michigan. That was two years ago now? Two years ago. I have not been there since then, so I don't know. Um, from the pictures I saw online when I was doing a little bit of research for the event, uh, they looked, it looked fine. Um, so... I, I have uh, I, I do like team events. I think it I think it gives the give the players a little bit of a break from and it'll be a little bit more exciting, not necessarily exciting, but maybe a little more relaxed than what a, a normal tour event would be. So some names to a name that I just I saw do because they are sisters. Nelly and Jessica are playing together, mm-hmm. which I'm sure will draw some draw a ton of fans. Uh, and I also. One final thing to mention regarding this tournament, um, I think something I think the LPGA should do more of is the Wednesday through Saturday tournament. So they are they started today on Wednesday and they will finish on Saturday, and it's even especially nice for when they play on the West Coast. I think so you can have like the Saturday night finish because I think that is when you can get some people to watch it. Yeah, it's a good idea to stagger the event. I I don't know what's behind that this week. I, no I wonder if that's has more to do with the. TV situation with both the Barbasol and the Open Championship being played. I don't know how the uh, schedules this weekend on Network TV and the Golf Channel stack up in terms of what they're going to be showing. But, yeah, I was just looking quickly at the scoring because they're already out on the golf course. Looks like these ladies are going to make tons of birdies this week in, in their team format. As Dottie Ardenia and Paolo Reto are in the lead at three under through four holes. So, um, And I think the quarter sisters probably tee off later this afternoon maybe because i don't see them on here just yet yeah they're gonna go off at 1 30 this afternoon so um but let me just point out once again you're playing a team event at midland country club you were just in michigan in the midwest uh, uh on the pga side and, and you're playing the barbersaw championship in kentucky this would be a great week to have uh men and women playing together and do a cross tour event and have them pair up one guy and one gal. I still would love to see. I know you're in favor of that too. Yeah, what a great idea. I didn't think about that, but totally. Um, this seems like a spot on the calendar where that could be a possibility for the tours to work together. And I, boy, I sure hope they can do more of that down the road. Cause I think that'll be great. If we can ever figure out how to do that, that'll be really, really good for the game. What do you, what are your, what would you say if, I don't know if this is necessarily be the case, but if, if uh, <clears throat> a male a male player says, you know, I, I don't really necessarily want to make this team event because I think the Barbersaw is like all the big boys are gone. This is like kind of like the young, like the the little guy's chance to make a name for himself. Get that. I think they only get two year exemption with Barbersaw. Get that two year exemption. Maybe it might, be, might only be one year for the for the cross event i'm not sure but just it give it gives that because yeah, the right guy that opportunity yeah you have to figure out a point situation where it's equal and the barbasol is going to go away you can't have yeah this event at midland country club and the event at barbasol and the open and the team event you have to preferably everybody comes to mid michigan and they play midland country club but i don't obviously i don't know how long the deal lasts with barbasol there's a lot to you know wade through what the other options are on the calendar but um yeah i totally understand your point that some 
of the tour players would definitely not be in favor of that. But as a golf fan, I, oh, 100%. Think, it's, yeah. I think it's a good uh, a good option. All right, do you want to – I sort of quickly recap the fact that I swung and missed at the deer before we get into the Open Championship and talk inevitably about – spend some time talking about our boy, my boy this week, Jordan Spieth. Do you want to – you want to talk about the rain-soaked John Deere? Any takeaways from that, Hunter? I see you shaking your head over there. I'm shaking my head because I didn't watch much. I don't think I watched any of it. I'm like trying to think of any anything. <laughs> what uh, a golf fan you are. You didn't even watch. I actually watched more of the – just with – it is – it's very tough. I, I do feel like I, I am a – a diehard golf fan. It's very tough in Northern Michigan to when the Euro, the Euro 2020 is playing at three o'clock, you have the lake right there. You're on the boat. I'm not going to probably not going to use the radio to listen to the John Deere when the Euro 2020 is happening. Okay. So you're just rubbing it in now. Cause I'm in sitting in rainy Chicago where I don't <laughs> have a Nordic tug and I don't have little Travers Bay and I don't have a country club membership. All I have, is my freaking TV remote. So how was the, how was the John Deere? <laughs> they want to show me on network TV. It sucked, Hunter, because I had no <laughs> I had no sweats. I had nothing. Lebiota went out early, won me my 50 bucks or whatever on my $20 top 20, and then I just watched the rest of it melt away. I, I was so desperate to turn a winner that halfway through the broadcast probably or maybe they're they're like midway on the front nine and kevin nah had stumbled out of the gate Mm -hmm. he bogeyed the second i think maybe or maybe just bogeyed the first but he was like one over through a few holes and i knew that he would be fine and make a bunch of birdies so i actually picked him up at plus 900 with an each way which is so pathetic because it was like a three dollar ticket so at the end the only reason i was still watching because it was so obvious that glover was gonna win and i did want sebastian to win because i like him a lot but um and i've had the opportunity to watch him before and i just think he's a he's a nice guy um and a good player and I always, you know, Ty goes to the younger guy, in my opinion, and as a golf fan, seeing those guys win. Not that I have anything against Lucas Glover, and I'm playing him in DraftKings this week because he had a great week here, and uh, not a great week, but a good week here in 2011. But where the hell was I even going with that? Where did we start? Oh, the Kevin Nah. So by the end of the broadcast, <laughs> the only reason I was watching is to make sure I was going to hit that damn each way because I needed Kevin Nah to finish in the top three. I needed him to get a medal. So that was kind of a sweat if you want to consider turning $3 into 5 or whatever it was that was totally meaningless. But it, it, all that matters is that I was right. You got, you, the, you mo- got the dollar amount does not three. win no. to me. I just matter to me. I just The dollar amount does not win to me. Yeah, <laughs> No, it definitely doesn't. It never comes back to me. It just goes away. No, I just uh, I wanted to be right about something, so it was nice to know that I was right about not turning it around. But yeah, I stink. The deer, I felt bad. It was so wet; just the weather was crummy, and you know I just feel for them. But the golf course held up really well, and uh, in that sense, it was it was great. It's just tough when all when all your guys are trunk slamming, and. Uh, 
you don't have a whole lot of action over the weekend at a at a medium level tour event if medium low if you will it's like if you don't have juice and Lucas Glover goes out and posts and it's clear he's going to win that's it it lacks for excitement and it also shows you we've been really spoiled we had that great finish at the rocket plus a playoff a young winner against a, another young budding superstar in Joaquin Neiman, who I think will have a good week this week because he hits the ball so freaking low and hard. Um, and we had the long playoff at the Travelers, the impeccable finish at the U.S. Open when Rom making the two bombs on the last two holes. So, like, we were due for a bit of a, not a stinker, but a, a step down and... and, and the John Deere went out and delivered that for us with a lot of help from Mother Nature. And uh, it is Lucas worth. Glover with the freaking arm bar. It is I don't a, even want to get into the freaking arm bar, but that is not what these guys in Scotland envisioned when they were putting these tiny little white balls together and giving everybody sticks and saying, go hit it in the hole. Uh, not to get too far ahead, but I saw that um, Xander dropped, Xander the dropped it. So maybe it's not all. Uh, do, it is worth mentioning for as. Huge counterpoint to my argument. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Well, I, no, it helps your argument. No, it's a counterpoint. Because no. if it was that big of a cheating, if it was that big of a help, he would never switch back. Well, then everyone would be doing it. Would be your, that'd be the counterpoint I'd be using. That everyone would be doing it if. I think the only thing that's keeping others from doing it is their conscience. <laughs> <laughs> it is so with that being said, who's betting on Bryson this week? No, 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 no. We're not. We're not there yet. For for as as little as it seems like we care about the John Deere, as little as it's showing that we care. I do it care. is. It is worth mentioning that Brian Stewart did t ten or did t eighth. That's great. This weekend a, with a minus fifteenth or minus fifteen. Prior to Jackson, Michigan played great. Been on him for weeks leading up to that. Was on him at the rocket. I'm gonna guess the cut on the number. So not on him this I'm week, though. <laughs> you bet on him this week. Really, really happy for him. Which field is he in? No, did you bet on him at the deer? Of course not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I would have mentioned that, Dan. <laughs> I told you I had one win. Thought maybe ticket. it slipped through the cracks. I no, wasn't sure. No, it didn't. No. It didn't. Right. Really, really a sad scene in my bet slip and my my settled bet screen <clears throat> on the cross my various apps. Can we talk about the freaking open championship? Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's do it. <sighs> Where do you want to start? I, I've been thinking since probably like Monday at night. I've been trying to think of a really good dad joke to like say something funny, like how we might be in the open championship if they keep dropping people out here. At some point, like we're like not far down the alternate list, because <laughs> I mean, I swear they're going to let anybody in. If you have clubs, if you have your clubs, you it's test, not that bad. Test negative. Okay, let me ask you this from a gambling perspective, because I think that there's a there's a story here to be told in that regard, which is, do you think the number of withdrawals, which has predominantly affected somewhat lower tier players with the possible exception of Matsuyama and maybe Sung JM, even though Sung JM has been playing like a 2.6 lately. <laughs> Do you think the withdrawal factor makes it 
more likely that a premium player hoists the claret jug at the end of the week. Because statistically, mathematically speaking, I have to believe that the answer to that would be yes. Yeah, but this you. is a tournament, and in particular, a venue which has produced some su- surprising winners, a la for Ben Curtis in 2003, which had more as much to do with Thomas Bjorn as it did, as it did with Ben Curtis, but and and then Darren Clark when he was 42. Yeah, uh, that was that was going to be my answer to that question. It, it's it's going to be, I would say, at the U.S. Open at the Masters and at the PGA Championship, I think exactly what you just said, 100%. Mathematically, it would, I mean, it would, if you remove good players and replace them with higher or yeah. uh, higher rate players, it's going to create uh, more opportunity for the better player. But given the fact that, that Ben Curtis did win at three to 500 to one, and uh, I, yeah, he and was Clark won at yeah. whatever he, he won at over yeah. 100 to one, it was yeah. 200 to one, even. Yeah. It it would be it's hard pressed for me to to look at the top of the leaderboard or top of the odds board and say I really like so and so I really like John Rahm at at plus eight hundred plus seven fifty that might be a bad example because John Rahm might go out and win this golf tournament at those I just can't look at those odds at this golf tournament with the winners it's produced being kind of the quirky golf course it is and 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 say. Here, give me, I'll give you a dollar and only give me eight dollars back for John Rom winning. Doesn't really seem like I, the smartest decision. I mean, yeah, I think you're mostly. I think you're mostly right. And one big ingredient beyond the, you know, the field strength being a little less than it would in a normal year, because of COVID and these withdrawals and somebody like Hideki not being in the field, who I thought would have had a super chance this week and would fit great here i don't know what his open championship history is but this golf course if you can hit your irons and you can scramble you can really make hay which is not often uh, a combination that people have if you're a great iron player you probably don't chip a lot um but that's why you see like a guy like phil played so well in 2011 obviously a guy who can get really hot with the irons stuff a lot of iron shots and then has some abs- is an absolute wizard around the greens but the golf course is short most of these premium players gain a lot of their advantage through length and i think length for the most part is neutralized here uh, more than on some other major venues and even open championship venues this golf course let's talk about it a little bit is in the southeast corner of england if you've been watching live from you see that it's right on the shore if you watch any of the highlights from 11 the weather can be just absolute it can get really ugly here and that's both rain and wind so it's good forecasts look pretty benign. They look really, as far as rain goes. Yeah, it looks actually good. It looks dry and not that, that windy. There was earlier in the week, it looked like there was going to be a huge advantage for the Thursday PM group. Don't be surprised if weather blows in and mucks up half your betting card. And it ends up that 70% of one half of the, of either the morning or afternoon wave on Thursday 
ends up getting through on the cut because this is the open championship and weather can blow in in an instant. Yeah. I think you do, from a gambling side, you do have to look for players who are going to be comfortable in windy situations and you might want to avoid players who are not so good in the wind. A couple of guys that come to mind that fit that description, Bryson DeChambeau and Justin Thomas, who are both at, you know, a little higher odds than you might normally see in a major championship. Bryson in particular, because he's got his numbers gone all the way up to 35. The books are just begging us to bet on him. So it's in the southeastern corner on the sea, windy and rainy. It's also humpy and bumpy, undulating fairways, never a flat lie. Uh, balls can take unpredictable bounces. Bunkers are really penal. We're t- returning to a uh, one of the courses on the Rota, which is more links style in, in Royal St. George's than even Port Rush was two years ago when Shane Lowry uh, emerged victorious. So uh, 7,200, par 70. The 2003 and 2011 are the two previous editions, but this is the 15th total time that Royal St. George's has hosted an Open Championship, so it's up there with... That's the most of any course in England. So um, this is really linksy golf. It's very subject to weather. The greens are very large. Scrambling, three-putt avoidance, good creativity, and good short course par 70 players, I think... Uh, should all be on your radar here this week. Guys who are first-timers or second-timers or who don't have a lot of experience in Lynx golf or who are American, uh, you know, you have to. they're going to have to overcome a lot more to be successful in this event. So what does that mean for a guy like Colin Morikawa? I don't know, but there's a reason he's 33-1 to 1 when he should probably be more in the low to mid-20s. Um, that's not been the case for Victor Hovland, however, who I know you got at 29 has now come all the way down to 22, I think, playing in either his first or second Open Championship. Of course, he won in his last start at the BMW, which I'm sure is why you and some others have clicked on him. So interesting to just quickly go back to 2011. Darren Clark was the winner. We mentioned Ben Curtis won in 2003. DJ was in the final group. You may remember where that went when it arrived for DJ was in the fairway on 14. Kind of an infamous shot. Uh, it looked like he was going to win. He tried to hit a two iron underneath the wind, running up on the green. 14's a par 5. He... I mean, it's not... wasn't really a shank because it went pretty far, but it was way out of bounds. That was the end for him. Phil ended up uh, in a tie for second that week, Lucas Glover was also in one of the towards the uh one of the final groups on the after the first couple days at least. I think he played pretty well. That was the year that he won the U.S. Open, so he has some familiarity with the golf course. You can't pay too much attention to who played well in 2011, but you should pl- pay attention to the type of player that played well and how they succeeded. As is the case in that edition. Clark only hit it in four bunkers all week. I think the same is for Ben Curtis. So you have to be precise with your ball striking and very accurate, particularly into the greens. And then when you do miss, and guys only hit 56% of the greens here at Royal St. George's historically, which is really, really low as it compares to other events on tour, you have to be able to get up and down. So like I said, 
who can get hot with the irons, who avoids bogeys, and who has a great scram who's a great scrambler. Um and that's why my attention for the most part at the top is going to be paid to Speeth, who I am on as of a long time ago. I think the number's forty. I then I bet again at eighteen. When it drifted to twenty, I bet it again. If it drifts again, I will bet it again. I've also bet him to top 10. I love Jordan Spieth. And just allow me to indulge you in a couple of really interesting numbers here about Jordan as it pertains to the Open Championship where he is a, a definite course for horse. Uh, three top 10s in the last five Opens. Only Brooks and Rory can say the same thing, which are two more guys I have interest in. Spieth is gaining off the tee approach and around the green in every event since Valero. And he leads all players at the Open Championship in scoring average, rounds in the 60s, and one putt percentage since 2015. A large portion of that time be, having been spent playing some of the worst golf of his career. Even when he was playing poorly, he still came to the Open Championship and had a great week. So it's hard to dislike Jordan ever at an Open, but I've been on Jordan to win the Open Championship ever, ever since he turned his game around over the winter and into the spring, and I'm not going to pull back now. I do like Rory and Brooks as well, and then the guy that I really have to make a determination on is Dustin Johnson, as I mentioned, playing in the final group here in 11, and seriously drifting the number in the low 20s, I think, now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I will be on Dustin Johnson. I I don't think we we talk we we talk way too much about buying the drift, mis mispriced players. He is just uh, he is now the number one player in the world again. He uh, he took it back just because Rom which makes no sense. I don't know. Yeah, he gets the week off and Rom had a good week. Rom finishes tie seventh and loses his first play. I don't know. <laughs> I, that. World golf rankings has has my the same brain way in a that pretzel. The freaking handicap indexes well, works. There must be a glitch. There no must be a glitch to anybody but the computer that's spitting out those damn numbers. Uh, I, I liked all all the picks you had. I liked. I think it is it is it is extremely extremely crucial to to not think a ton about stats this week because I think all the stats for the most part are going to be on golf courses that are so dissimilar to what you're going to see. Uh, this week, so I, I have uh, a few a few stats for you that I, I think I think it's uh, you kind of see with that you're able to kind of work your way through the through the field in majors to did this player do this this player do this to get to a list of ten to twelve guys that makes sense. So I have since 2010, every winner besides Zach Johnson had won a non PGA Tour event in that season or season prior. Besides Clark, all winners played predominantly on the PGA Tour. So that means for Victor Hovland, Dustin Johnson, Paul Casey, uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Lee Westwood, Adam Scott, uh, Brandon Grace, Terrell Hatton. I don't, I don't know who Bez is. Should I know who Bez is? Christian Bazunhoe. Oh, and then uh, Bob Mack. So th those. Those all those players have predominantly played on the PGA Tour, and they have won a non-PGA Tour event. Meaning, in most cases, it's going to be a link style, at least a European Tour golf course. I really like that stat because that it helps me. I'm still I'm on Victor Hovland twenty nine to one. I'm also on Terrell Hatton 
not to win. I have him to top 20 at plus 150. Link's specialist. He's a two-time, uh, two-time winner at the Alfred Dunhill Link's championship, yep. right? He has four wins, four worldwide wins since the last Open Championship. Just two years ago. Yeah, he wins a lot. And so one of those was one of those was in really hard conditions yep. in on American soil at API, I yep. think. Yeah, when the winning score was like eight under or something. So and he won by a few strokes, I think. Even. Yeah. Well, I, and so just to further the point, I mean, to go back to how important I think it is to to have experience. I know it, it's tough with Victor Hovland being his first time playing at the Open, but I do think his win uh, two weeks ago in Germany is, is going to help. Uh, they do say that lead-in form, I know that was evidence of that. The one caveat I would point out is Paul Casey won in Dubai, I think. Mm-hmm. It's an American-style golf course. I think he's a little overrated as a Lynx player he plays predominantly dominantly almost only on the PGA tour and just skips over the pond for the courses that he plays really well and have big purses he plays also plays well at St Andrews but he doesn't have great open history i'm off i'm off paul casey this week but so he'll probably win so you you just mentioned it needing to be i mean this is not exactly a um, a tournament that you show it show up for in bad form and expect to to find that form in four days. So, eight of the last ten major winners have been ranked inside the uh, top forty in OWGR, and eight of the last ten winners have also fired a T fifteen or better in the last three tournaments they've played in. One of the last three tournaments they've played in. So that list is about twenty guys. That's Rom, DJ, JT, Kalamurakawa, Xander, Brooks. Uh, Cantley, uh, Hatton, Rory, Harris, Louis Oosthuizen, Victor, uh, Berger, Sheffley, Scheffler, uh, Scheffler, Scheffler. I'm, I'm looking at Sheffley, Scheffler, yeah. Scheffler, Paul Shoffley. Casey, Answer, uh, Spieth, Fitzy, <laughs> Kokrak, Neiman, Burns, Palmer, and Scott. And like you look at those names, those are all very obviously household names. So that is kind. That is the the list. Of players that I'm looking at for outrights between Victor Hovland and Dustin Johnson being my two outrights, and then I also I also jump back on Victor Perez. So if you guys remember, he had a nice little stretch there at the Dell match play as well as the players. Mm-hmm. He just uh, <clears throat> he just played well last week at the Scottish Open. He ranked third in uh, strokes strokes gained approach. For the week, so I expect Victor. I don't necessarily expect him to win, but I do have him at plus two hundred to top forty, which I like a lot. So outside of that, I don't. I don't really have a uh, a ton else. Just, uh, but I will reemphasize. I don't think I mentioned it in the recording, but the last time I saw some stat, the last time that DJ was over twenty to one to win a tournament. Was at the Northern Trust in 2020, and he won by 11. He did just fine that way. So I, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's very important to remember that Dustin Johnson is the number one player in the world, and I think this is a golf course that that demands creativity and maybe a certain level of ignorance. So I think Dustin Johnson is is a a very a very good fit in a lot of ways. I mean, you, you can't go much farther than looking at 2011. I mean, he he was in the second class group he's a good he's a good links player and he's obviously 
feels comfortable on this golf course. It, 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 I mentioned Brooks earlier, and I do like Brooks. He has great open history. I mentioned he's him, Rory, Spieth, the only three guys with three top tens in the last five opens. Uh, he said out loud that he doesn't like the golf course yesterday. So I think that, that if you didn't hear that, that bears mentioning. Um, he also followed that up by saying, it doesn't matter, and that he's won on golf courses he doesn't like before. The thing that I would tell you about Brooks is just don't listen to him. If Whether you're going to bet on him or not, I think what he says and what he feels uh, seem to grow further and further apart each day, yeah. and that he has a persona that he's playing when he's in front of a microphone, and then he's a, maybe a, di- a little bit different person in terms of approaching his game and his goals and stuff like that. I think he has great open history and has great lead in form with his high finishes, particularly in majors. And we should only think that given the time that's passed, his knee feels much better. So if you were thinking about being off of Brooks, cause he said he didn't like the golf course. I don't, I don't put that much stock in that. I love your Victor Perez. Bobby Mack is a guy that I'm playing heavy. Robert McIntyre in DraftKings, I was glad that you brought him up. He is a little bit more of a bomber type, and I don't know. He does seem to have better success, kind of like Paul Casey on more of an American-style American, American style golf courses, but for, for the guy's Scottish. So I got to believe somewhere in there he's got some good links history. He's more of like a high ball hitter and those kinds of things. So I don't know for sure that that's a perfect fit, but he is – Great value. I think Victor Perez, you pointed out, as being really good value. These are guys with high world golf ranking, high success, who are going to be values in gambling and on DraftKings. Um, so I'm glad that you mentioned him. The other guys that I, the other thing that's interesting, I think, from a DraftKings perspective this week, and I know we're jumping around a little bit, but the odds board is really soft at the top which is kind of what's conflicting me about DJ is like, is he 22 just because the major pricing is so soft after Rom and Xander is obviously overpriced because he gets so much public support. I want to get all the way into that, but it's ridiculous for him to be 16 at some books and, and, and people still clicking that while my buddy Patrick Cantlay, who has great open history and who I constantly compare to Xander because I think he's, they're so similar and, and yet cast in such different lights is way back in the low thirties with Bryson. I mean, just, I don't understand that. So, um, but in terms of draft, there's soft pricing at the top of the board. And then some of these guys like Poulter Fitzpatrick, uh, have been bet way down from their numbers because there's a lot of support. And if you really like those guys and you don't want to pay 50 to one for Ian Poulter, which I totally understand. I love him this week, but I can't pay that. I like Matthew Fitzpatrick this week after his good finish last week. And this being in England and, and should suit his game, particularly with how well he's hitting the driver, but I'm not going to pay 28 to one to bet on Matthew Fitzpatrick to win a, Open championship. He's never contended in a major. Those guys, the, the pricing on DraftKings never changes. And with majors, they post it early. So you can you can go over to DraftKings, fill out a lineup in a single entry for $5 or whatever, 
put Fitzpatrick in it at 7,900, put Poulter in it at 7,200. Some of these other guys that have come way down on the betting board, um, even Xander, if you want to, if you want to be on Xander and you want to be able to cheer for Xander and you don't want to pay the 16 or 18, go play him in DraftKings because that pricing doesn't change. So I think that's a strategy. I always try to treat DraftKings as complementary to my betting strategy. So like I'm obviously heavily invested in Jordan Spieth on the gambling side. I didn't mention, but I have him for a top 10 at plus 190. I have Rory for a top 20 at minus 105 and I have Reed to top 20. At plus 150, I think you guys know from previous podcasts that I got on read early at 40 to 1. But um, that can be a strategy for you if you don't want to pay up on those some of those numbers where the books have taken a lot of money and do have some liability there and have had to push those numbers down as a result. Ian Poulter was... If you got Ian Poulter two weeks ago at 150, good on you because I think... He has a decent chance to contend this week, even though he has spotty uh, open history. The other guy that I think we have to mention, you talk about the drift. DJ has drifted. Bryson has drifted. The other guy who has drifted, I told you I had a hot take on this guy. On, And maybe I have to put my money where my mouth is, and I'll log in and look at the numbers later today. But I think Tony Finau is going to have a great week. Tell me why. <laughs> I'm all ears. Can I even see him on the board? Is he even playing? Where is he? 40 to 1. He's 50 to 1. Woo! Now you really got to put your money where your mouth is. Oh, baby. What is he do? Top 20. Uh, he is. Okay, this guy has great open history. He appears to be a. Tw- plus 210. Plus 210 to top 20. To top 20. All right, book it for me. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll get on that. I'll go ahead and put my money where my mouth is. What do you want? I know this is a wild call. The guy's never been in worse form. I just think you're not going to get that many opportunities to get this kind of a number. I still don't think he's going to win the golf tournament. I probably won't bite on the 50. I have enough tickets. I've got Harm at 100, Norin at 90. I think that's actually at 80. Stupid bet. Could have waited on that. Danny will at it two fifty, so I, I got him stacking up. But um, I think I'm gonna I, I will bet him to top twenty. He has great open history, and so to Hunter's point about not getting too caught up in the statistics and remembering this is an open championship, this event more than any other is about. I know that lead in form is important. But I just feel like when you come here, and we all know this as golfers, and you have to play shots, you've got to play the ball around uh, on the ground. You have to rely on your creativity. You have to be able to scramble out of trouble. You have to have great patience and a great attitude. This is the kind of venue that can snap you out of poor play because it causes you to play a different style of golf and to use different shots that you're just not playing when you're playing the Travelers or at Bay Hill or whatever the case may be. So I think Fino can snap out of it this week. I do think he's a good DraftKings play at 8,400. You never get him at 8,400 low owned. And he has terrific, terrific open history, I think, in, uh, including a uh, a third place finish. So I just, when Tony Finau's 50 to 1, as popular as he is, 
in betting markets, the gambling side, and just with tour fans, I think we need to need to mention them. I I will uh, I gotta leave leave listeners one one final pick that I just I don't know how I forgot to mention. I'm on Matt Jones, uh, two fifty to one to outright as well. Uh, I think he has shown that he's very reliable at the open. He has made the cut three of his four appearances. Uh, I think my brain is keeps telling me he's from Australia. It's windy in Australia. That should be able to translate to this week. This is this. I can't believe what we're talking about. Royal Melbourne. I get to say Melbourne again. Uh, for the second time in like five weeks, because I've heard that as a comp for Royal St. George's. Yeah. And we just recently talked about that as a comp for Congaree, which was an interesting fit where Garakigo actually came through, who's South African. Yeah. And also, it seems like a decent value. He's just, he's 40th in the world right now and 7,400 on DraftKings this week, but more of a bomber driver, kind of in the Bobby Mack style. I don't know how great he is on links, but Congaree would support if Congaree is a Royal Melbourne comp and so is Royal St. George's, why should we think that Garrick Higo won't play well this week? But yeah, I hear a lot about the Aussie thing and Matt Jones can chip it. Oh yeah. You talk about like getting the ball in the hole. You keep saying like, you gotta get you just gotta whatever it takes to get the ball in the hole in the fewest amount of shots as possible. I, I really see Matt Jones as being he can fight the ball. He can play it in wind. He can get up and down from anywhere. And it's two fifty to one. What's what's a few bucks? It's good value. Yeah, it's, no, good, it's value. good value. Yeah, definitely. And he just won this year. You're Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a winner. You're Matt Jones versus my Danny Willett. I, I was about to say you want to have a side bet, and then I thought better of it because I kind of like Matt Jones more in the head to head. What uh, <laughs> he's more reliable. Danny Willett's like a. If you're gonna have a second major, dude, this is probably yeah, very, this very might deep. be the one here. You know, you're in your home country. It's really, really short. Um. I'm playing him in DraftKings too, and and Kevin Kisner. I'm playing in DraftKings, who I think has a really similar similar game to Danny Willett and a big game hunter, and has shown some life in the last two events with two consecutive top tens. So, what uh, what is your schedule? Are you going to wake up early for this? I love this event. I'll I will be up early. I don't know if you'll be up at three, but I'll be up at probably four thirty. I'm like. going to try my damnedest. The issue is it's on Golf Channel at the beginning, right? Well, I can send you some login information. You might have to. Yeah. No, it's on because all time. I have is PGA Tour Live. I don't have the Golf Channel. Yeah, so I, I'll give you some login, and then you can Peacock will give you. It's all on Peacock. All every round is on Peacock. And they'll give you a free. You have Peacock. We do. Oh, they'll give me a free trial. They will give you a free trial, but we, we do have Peacock too. Well, in that case, that. I'll be up at two thirty sharp. Yeah, I'm excited. Is that when they're going off? Richard Bland's hitting the opener. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, no, I saw one fifty for the starting. I'm not being up. I'm not gonna be up one fifty. <laughs> I'll I probably think- get up at like. Four. I do think I saw um, TV coverage. Oh, I want to say it was on Peacock. Started at three. I will wake up at four. I will look at the thing is I'm going to be watching the weather like a hawk because I might have to last second modify my bet slip or change my DraftKings lineups. So in that sense, I'm going to want to like see pretty early because I want to know what the early wave is facing. Yeah. And I think that's a huge factor if you play showdowns in week tournaments on DraftKings, which I love to play. You really have to keep a close eye on the weather, so I at least want to see that. But here's my prediction for how the events will go. Based on the way that my life is going right now, in particular my relationship with the golf, I'm going to wake up at 4, make a pot of coffee, walk into the den, turn on the TV, look at the leaderboard, 
Jordan Spieth is going to be three or four over par. I'm going to turn the TV off. I'm going to go right back into my room. I'm going to punch the freaking wall, and then I'm going to lay down in my bed and try to sleep and probably just look at the leaderboard. Is he early off on? Uh... I don't even know if he is. I just know that in my mind, he's going to ruin my week. But he can't. He's going to win. I feel like the it's it's hard not to say the Masters is the best major, but I love the Open. Just the the idea that we can wake up, and I think I think it is very important for all of our listeners at home to watch the difference in broadcast this week. I just want to so let's just see what happens because I don't know if you guys watched last week, but the Scottish Open broadcast was sensational. Really, it was absolutely, it was, and it was done they, by I don't know who it was by. I assume it was by the European tour or by the RNA. That's who I, I does RNA run the Scottish Open? And they run. It's every, not a regular. They run the whole European tour. They run everything. The USGA is only United States and Canada. I think everything else is RNA. I know, but the PGA. Yeah, yeah. They yes. have a European yeah, tour that's separate from the RNA. Probably yes, I, I would think so. But so they they had this thing where they would do a split shot, and it would be the on the left side of the oh, screen. Oh, imagine that would be the player getting ready to hit a shot and on the right side of the screen would be a very zoomed in picture of the lie it was the coolest thing like you so you could see it it was zoomed in so you could see exactly what they were dealing with with the lie this is the kind of innovation we've been waiting <sighs> for in america i was i was America's speechless going to hell. i go like you could see uh fitzpatrick hit it in the in the fescue and you could see his ball just sitting on you could see it sitting on sand i mean it was zoomed in so the ball is pretty much taking up the whole screen it was awesome it was so cool I go, where is, where is that? All that takes is they had drones flying around. I don't know. <laughs> where are we on all this cool stuff? I don't know. I, I saw, I saw. A, Wake up CBS and NBC. Uh, they Your were actually. broadcast stinks. They were showing shots. Imagine uh, that. Golf shots. Lots of golf shots. Several golf shots in a row even. In between, no commercials. I mean, there were, it was, there were several consecutive shots. It was awesome. Well, I like your point about this being your favorite or second favorite major. I think maybe when we get into the off season a little bit, we can do some power. We'll do a power rankings major championships edition. Because I think I love the Open Championship, but it sounds like you and I might have some disagreement there, and then that will carve out some time for me to pontificate about why the PGA Championship should be match play. Yes, perfect. All right. I just love extolling the virtues of match play. Well, and I. As much as I love bashing scrambles, you just like match play because you can hit out of bounds and only be down one. I think that's match play is what <laughs> almost all of us play at our club. When we go play, we play match play. Match play golf is awesome when it's one on one. Okay, it's a different game. It really is, and we only get a taste of it with the match, the WGC, and the tournament is. As we've talked about, Careful. ad nauseum. Careful what you're about to say. It here. takes Careful. like two weeks to play that tournament. We, our attention spans are not that long. It takes one extra day. One extra day. Get out of here with your facts. All right. Well, hopefully uh, next time you hear us, Peter's still playing golf. I think, Or that I'm not because then, well, no, yeah, you, you probably never hear from me again then. Yeah, you've already committed to playing, so you're gonna just disappear into the abyss. The so ether. what's gonna happen? What's gonna, what's your next seventy two hours look like? Are you gonna be able to hit golf balls the next seventy two hours, or we'll do even hundred hours? Like the next time I gonna I hit balls will be with the oversight of a PGA professional, I think. Okay, have you talked to Brian? Actually, what are you doing later today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I I don't think you can you can like you can say you're stuck as much as you want to say you're stuck. I don't really care. But like you you already said it. You have it in there somewhere. So like it's it's like it's the, you're not looking for, to find it. You're like you're like thinking of all these things you can say like how shitty I am and how bad I am. But like I know you know where it is, and you just need to actually like commit to a swing and put a good swing on it without saying before you stand over it. This ball's going into. The, I'm gonna, I, I I'm going to hit into this train here. It's all it's mental. It's not it's not physical. No, it is. It is though. It's gotten to be physical. If you saw my <laughs> swing, you'd be like, oh, you've taken a couple steps back here. So so it sounds like you were it was mental at one point and then it got it was like finally No 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 it started physical and, and then I did not have the mental fortitude to overcome it and find a swing. I said to him, I'm like, I'm just trying to find something I can play out here. Like and then I went to a I started hitting a cut. Yeah. I opened up my stance. Did it work? It was okay. okay. I hit it closer to the fairway. And but that was with like four holes left in the match, I finally found that. And so it still wasn't enough to like, we got second place, but it was still not good enough. You got second place. How many out of shots four. did you lose Out of by? four. No, no, no. That wasn't my question. How, how, how many shots well, did we you got lose drubbed. by? We got drubbed. We lost. You get points for a win, half oh, a point for you. a half. We lost five and a half to three and a half to the team that went on to win. So so essentially, if you would have just beat that team rather than I assume you lost to them, they mm-hmm. got a point when you guys didn't get a point. Exactly. So that's a two-point spread. Yes. If we would have beat them, we would have moved on, yeah. My eyes are going to get stuck in my head. They're rolled back so far, like in my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> you wait until like the 11th hour to say, oh, we did get second place, though. <laughs> what the hell? Second place. If you're not first, you're last. I, I agree, but it sounds like you were only like maybe a couple of swings away from. Well, that just makes it more discouraging. Would you rather lose in the <laughs> NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl? Uh, NFC Championship game, I think. Oh, I, I, actually, Connor, I wouldn't even. No. I wouldn't even rather get there. Wouldn't Take even rather. Back. Wouldn't even rather get there. I'd rather just not even make the playoffs. See, that's <laughs> that's what it sounds like you're trying to do, though. You're trying to quit. <laughs> I thought I was gonna quit, and then I had a moment of—I had an epiphany. Well, I'm glad, which is that I just need to be good, and I'll be happy. You need to be positive. What an epiphany! You need to be positive. Is. Just, just think, think positive. Positivity thoughts. does not come. I don't know how to do that. Like I think there's like a, there's like an old adage that when you're when you look at when you're looking to at a golf hole, you don't think about what not to do. I know. You think about what know, to do. I dude. think you're thinking about what not to do. No. no. You are. You no, are. I'm not. You see no. left you see OB left and you go, oh. No. No, I don't. I don't. I know all the psychological tricks. I just <laughs> right now, presently, physically, I can't execute. Don't give me that don't give me that mental magic crap. I know what to, I know. I'm not. I know I'm supposed to focus on where I want to hit it, not where I don't want to hit it. <laughs> I'm That's one on one stuff. I'm just trying to peel away the the layers right now. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find you something. I want. I want you to be happy with you your golf like game. My wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't imagine <laughs> how much of a joy you were to be around when you show back up Friday night. <laughs> I <laughs> so, went straight to bed. <laughs> She's like, what's wrong, Peter? I quit. I quit this game. You've been gone for eight hours. You're finally back. I'm going to bed. <laughs> hey, golf. I quit. Well, there's there's going to be next time. I have a feeling you're going to figure something out. 
Dang, you can be the positive one. Well, I, I, at this point, I don't think I have much of a choice. We're going to start losing listeners for, for both negative Nancys. No, people love negativity. <laughs> Feed off of it. <laughs> if it's not their own, no, it's yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well. we should relieve every one of this. Well, uh, good luck at the open. I, I will. Uh, I'll text you in the morning when I wake up on Thursday, probably four thirty, four. If Jordan Spieth misses the cut, it's been a fun ride. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see Thanks. you guys.